Hello all. My name is Amleek Singh Bijral, your host in this iRock podcast series. iRock is Chaipoint's community program. It is centered around the brand purpose of serving a great cup that brings people together and brightens lives. In these podcasts, we showcase a diverse set of change makers. We share what drives these individuals, how they think, and how they have gone about pursuing their agenda. All of this in a light and easy conversation. So grab a cup of chai and listen to them break it down for all of us. Thank you. Hello all, welcome to Chai for Good, a podcast by Chai Points Community Program I Rock. My name is Amleek Bijral and I'm excited to have Jitin C Nadumala <laughs> as our guest today. Uh before we get going in this conversation, let me please introduce Jitin to all of you. Uh Jitin is the co-founder and CEO of Make a Difference. Um Mad for Shot. Mad is an award-winning non-profit that delivers equitable outcomes for children in need of care and protection. He founded Mad at the age of 19 with a vision to enable vulnerable children to break out of the vicious cycle of poverty in a single generation. Jitin was awarded the Ashoka Fellowship for developing a community-powered social protection system and I'm aware he's got many more awards and fellowships. Talking about Mad a bit, uh, Make a Difference or Mad is an Indian non-profit organization working to ensure better outcomes for children in need of care and protection across India. Mad works with nearly 2500 children in 50 childcare homes across 20 cities through a volunteering model of 3500 young participants. It has a core team based in Goa and operations spread across over 20 Indian cities. It's great to have you with us Jitin. Welcome to Chai for Good. Thank you so much Amleek. So let's get going and uh, this is a short crisp session and I really hope our uh, listeners get the kind of uh, perspective in an easy going manner that I have had in course of our last few conversations. So let me please get going with our icebreaker section. We want our users to first get a simple glimpse of you as a person Jitin. Why don't you please talk about your favorite music or movie or place uh, and why? Oh for sure like I'm I just recently got a chance to see the performance of this amazing ba- rock band called um, Greta Von Fleet. It I I'm not a rock fan at all. I you know I when I was a kid I used to listen to a lot of rock music, but then after that I think it just hip hop and EDM just became the norm and uh I went for this music festival recently and just accidentally bumped into these guys and I remember me and my wife staring at the, into the stage seeing the performance and just seeing i could feel that the lead singer was almost like sacrificing himself in front of all of us okay. to to deliver the music and i remember like asking my wife like we don't deserve this like this man is giving himself <laughs> up for our enjoyment you know and like but it was it was a phenomenal performance and it was it it, it almost ruined the rest of the festival for us uh-huh. because you could see all these you know a rock performance means you know there is a, there's a guitarist there's a bassist there's a, like they are all such talented people performing uh in like they're rock stars right mm. and then you see like a like a like a regular dj playing some random song where there is like a you know all he's doing is twisting a little bit of things here and there and you suddenly feel like wow like there is a difference between like a rock star and a dj on stage so greta one fleet really inspired us that day very nice so you know an i rock podcast and we are talking about rocks so <laughs> kind of rhymes and is fun uh, you know just moving on 
And we talked about it earlier, right? I mean, the power of compounding, hmm. right? And so Einstein also said, eighth wonder of the world. And he further added that he who understands it, earns it. Hmm. And he who does not, pays it. So compounding, right? So you started MAD when you were 19 years old. And now MAD is in its 18th year. How did this happen? I mean, long journey. And I know one needs for such a long journey, especially when you start at 19, a lot of booster shots, right? <laughs> I mean, to get going, right? So please tell listeners about your, first about yourself a little bit more, family, hopes and desire. And I recall in one of our earlier conversations, you also shared about a personal tragedy that drove you to your purpose. So, you know, this 18-year stretch and you as a person, Jitin, I mean, please share about that. Sure. Like, thank, thank you. It just feels like a lot, isn't it? Like 18 yeah. years. That's amazing. But one thing that is definitely worth sharing about me is that I had a very interesting childhood. My dad was a communist. And I recently got to know that my granddad like was. I believe that all Keralites are communists. <laughs> are communists, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there is there is some truth in it, to be very honest. And uh, but it's, it's it's interesting because you, my mom, or rather, like I come from a Christian family, and for hmm. Christians, communists are equivalent to the devil. Oh, is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been like taught in my catechism class that, mm. oh, you know, there are these people called communists. If you find them, you should stay away from them. <laughs> and <laughs> while it's, while, uh, you know, the half of Kerala is communist. I'm and very curious. You know, I've been talking about Russia, you know, hmm. sort of home ground of communism and the Russian Catholic Church. I mean, this is more a note to me. I'm curious to figure out the coexistence of these two institutions there. But sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Please continue. No, it is. That, we can definitely go down that rabbit hole. It's something that even I've been very passionate about. Uh -huh. Like, uh, as I'm growing older, I'm seeing the value of religion and the important role it plays in holding the society together. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so anyway, but it, 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 I, think, I think the point was that Growing up in a communist household, like there is there, there is a natural feeling that you know everybody deserves equal opportunities. Like that's a that's a given, and it and and that had definitely had some kind of a foundational impact on me when I was growing up. And the other thing that was interesting about my childhood is that both my parents used are international volleyball players. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, so like they're both like sports people. They've played for India, and you know, if you're a sports person who's good enough to play for India, like you know, you you've really worked hard, and they come from humble backgrounds, and they are doing really well for themselves. Or like they really took care of us, and I could, you know, so one of the narratives that was very alive for me is that you know, if you work hard, anything is possible. And when both of this combined, and I was as a young kid, I was like, you know what, everybody will, you know, you will have the opportunities that you want because you know we are, it's our right, and if you work hard. You can make anything happen, and uh, today I was actually sitting in the auto and kind of thinking on my way here uh, that as a kid, knowing that anything is possible, still I did not really want to do much with my life. Like you know, what did I want to be as a kid? I wanted to be rich. I think that's pretty much what the goal was. And I remember coming like, from a communist background, and <laughs> yeah, to be rich. <laughs> after all that stuff, like you know, that's all that you cared about. Like, and I remember like I started my entrepreneurship journey kind of early when in, in my fifth standard I started selling WWF cards to my classmates which mm. got me into a lot of trouble because kids started giving their school fees to me because they did not really think through the impact of all of this stuff and like that really got me into trouble and it, I've kind of got into a bunch of trouble after that but like I, I kind of kept at it as an entrepreneur mm. and by the time I was like 18 I was fairly rich you know mm. like I, 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 I was just I was thinking about it you know, this is the time when uh, there are all these uh, mobile, like the Nokia mobile phones are out where like you know, every mobile phone is different. And I remember like 
when I was 18 I had two mobile phones one was a communicator I don't know if you remember a, I remember the communicator uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, and then the other one was like a motor razor the aluminium flip board and I was yeah. and, and, and what I remember specifically is like I have a dog Julie and she just ate my motor razor you know she chewed it up and she spat it in front of me and I'm sitting there at me as an 18 year old kid and I'm like wow I feel no sadness I know I can buy another one and like you know this is not a problem at all and I remember at that moment feeling that ah this is a good place to be as a person mm-hmm. you know and but so in a lot of ways my younger ages was like you know I was having fun I wanted to kind of like you know shoot for the stars see what's possible and kind of make it happen and things like that and then something kind of pivotal happened in my life which is that at the age of it was my 19th birthday and I had my, met this new bunch of friends and uh, I really liked them they were super cool and I wanted to kind of hang out with them a lot more so I was kind of um, I invited them for like a birthday celebration where I rented a car and we decided to go to this river uh, which none of us have heard of before and uh, you know like spend some time together and uh, I remember going there I remember uh, uh, you know we got we go to the river bank cut a cake uh, and then just getting into the river for a swim <clears throat> and um, yeah I don't know what happened man it was it, everything happened very quick but I remember suddenly like people losing their footing we getting lost in the water and I, you know all of us like swimming and somehow getting back into the river bank and I remember like lying there huffing and puffing and like looking around and you know we were um, we were uh, two guys and three girls mm. and uh, they were all the other all of them were like friends for a while since kindergarten I had just met them and one of the girls were missing mm. and we couldn't find her and I remember like just searching and you know that day we lost her mm. and uh, that was a big uh, big moment in my life primarily because you know i've i've got into trouble a lot when i was young but i always kind of wrote it off as you know it can always like it'll all work out at the end it's fine but dealing with the reality that like something that i personally caused mm. actually like has lost somebody's lost their daughter in a way that i will there's nothing i can do to replace that you know and uh, that was tough and uh, i did have like you know i really struggled to kind of it was front page news next day in the newspaper that's how my mother got to know about it it was just everybody like everybody's life just really uh, went through a tough place from there and uh, i was really struggling to keep myself alive have some reason to kind of keep going um and that's when i got the i accidentally ended up in a child care institution you know it was and 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 it was like and i remember the moment where i was in a child care institution i was with the children there we were playing some games and for for the first time it was like a month after the incident and i remember the for the first time after that month where i was i could feel that weight not being there that an extreme weight on on my chest and me feeling light and really enjoying being with the children there and looking back what i really understood was that it was just that you know like i was so focused on myself like oh my god my life sucks right now you know i am such a horrible human being like you know i don't know like it is all so filled with myself and for a brief moment when i was the children like they were they were talking about like i remember they we were doing like a act mono act with the kids and they were talking about this simple thing which is about you know how their father got into jail which was like selling marijuana and all that stuff so like i really started associating with them and for a second i was able to focus on something larger than myself 
and it was really uh, it really helped me to get get out of it and i got almost got addicted being in the space and i started going there very regularly and that's how the journey started you know and uh, i don't know whether i should talk more about it but like that's uh, yeah 18 years back that's what happened that kind of got me started thank you for sharing that it's it's it's, it's i mean it gives a wonderful perspective to this discussion you know going over to mad and sort of drilling deeper into your agenda as an organization personally to me it's a chilling thought when i think of thousands of orphan children or uh, you know unprotected children who are exposed to the devilry that certainly exists in our society i mean you read all all kinds of news so please tell us our listeners of the positivity and the optimism I mean you know your own personal experience kind of also alludes that there was some spark yeah of positivity yeah. that took you out of your own yes state of pessimism exactly to put it lightly yes. right very yes. very lightly considering yes. the incident share that with our listeners i mean you know how these kids have surprised and continue to surprise you many a times looks like with their optimism and uh, Also please share what are the solutions that Mad has figured out to help children. Number one part as you correctly alluded like walking into a childcare institution is a fun experience. You know you feel there is a lot of positivity in the space and there's so much you learn. You genuinely learn a lot and I'm not just saying this for the sake of you know it's a nice thing to say but I'm not the person you know that I that was when I walked into a childcare institution. You teach you learn a lot in a very positive way. And one of the things that I really want to talk about about what I learned from the children that I worked with uh is and 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 the, like a happy story that i have is like one of my youth i started working with him when he was 12 years of age i still work with him he's 28 years now he's married he's got a baby but he taught me something very interesting when he came out of the child so what happens when a child is put into a childcare institution is that you are separated from your community you're separated from your father mother brother sister uncle auntie neighbors like you know like everybody imagine one day everybody you knew stops existing and you are in a completely different place and you are completely displaced like living your entire life like that is actually like scary like the so for our children they have all been plucked away from our community mm. and they so they value community in a way that we have not understood because we have always taken it for granted mm. you know and so i remember this kid he he was like you know he came out of the child care institution is working in a uh, in a in, in a place and he keeps losing his job all the time and we are like why are you losing your job and he's like and we start we call the show, you know the oh, the his employer and he's like this guy out of nowhere will take a five day leave to will take a one week leave we will uh, he'll ask for permission we will not give permission he will still go and we're like bro what's going on like why are you just randomly leaving and going like what's happening and he's like see my friends i get to hear like my this friend is you know oh that one my that friend got married and when that friend got married when i got to know when he called me to invite me for the wedding he said oh you're getting married on this day i'll be there a week before i'll be there in your house i will help your mom sister everybody with all the celebration with all those these things and i'll spend the whole week with you and it's not a, they they're not even asking for that support but he's offering that to them and i'm like why do you do that like why why are you doing this like they are more important to me than this i can get a job tomorrow but this is like this is my community i don't have like not, i don't have family this is my community and 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 there in some way there was like a fear attached to it also right like if i'm not there for them what if they abandon me there's all of that components attached to it mm-hmm. so like they really like in a lot of ways taught me how powerful how important community is for human beings mm-hmm. and the solution that mad offers is exactly that which is that we 
ensure, we provide, we build a community around the children that we work with. We build a community around them, which which lasts for a lifetime. So I just like I started working with the child with the children when they were ten years, twelve years of age. They are like family to me, and it's not that difficult. It is just just a few of them, and I call them, I engage with them, I message them once in a while. We have a conversation, and when there is some complexity, they get in touch with me. But being able to have people in your life who you know cares for you, has got your back. and when the time comes when when there is something to celebrate you can celebrate with them is a big deal and uh, today mad has built like deep communities like that for like 3000 children like that from across the country and one day we want to do that for every child in need of care and protection and that's 35 million and 35 million wow. 35 million but there are 300 million of us in middle class india and we can, there is space there is space in all of our hearts for mm. an extra child and it only makes our lives better no that's couldn't agree more uh, you mentioned on your website that it takes seven generations for a child who's born in extreme poverty in india to break out of the cycle hmm and mad's mission is to help children break out of the cycle in a single generation yeah uh, this is inspiringly ambitious mm-hmm. right I, i was i was really kind of uh, excited by hearing this mission how do you operationally achieve it yeah so one is yes it's ambitious as in we already do this now for around 400 children so we work with 2500 children right now and out of that 400 of them are above the age of 18 and they are all in colleges they are in on road so you know what does breaking out of poverty mean there are a lot of different ways to talk about it but the easiest one for us just from a time perspective is like if you are earning about 21000 rupees on a monthly basis you have break broke you are you are no longer under in the poverty line anymore you are mm-hmm. earning enough so how why does it take seven generations for a child born into intergenerational poverty to break out of the cycle of poverty which is to earn 21000 rupees it almost sounds impossible for us to understand as middle class people like you know earning 21000 rupees is not a big deal and this is backed by some research yeah yeah this is the world economic forum so there's so okay. there's a social mobility index okay. that is published by world economic forum which talks about this number okay right and so what like i think i would like to spend couple of minutes on like why does it take seven generations yeah, yeah of course which is that it the point is this right which is that if you are if i am an illiterate mother hmm uh there is a very high possibility that my child will not go study beyond 5th standard because by the time my child gets to 5th standard i am in no way able to support him in his school homework any of those kind of stuff it's almost like they have you i have no mental model on what is happening how to support the children why is it important any of those kind of components and also because i am a i am an illiterate mother I ha- my life is not going too well. I am struggling with life. I have a new baby now. I need somebody else to take care of the baby so that I can go to work, and I will take the child out of school. Now that that child who studied till fifth standard, their child for similar reasons will go to up to eighth standard. Their child will kind of get up to tenth standard or twelfth standard. Their children will kind of get graduate and get into college, and their children are the ones who are going to get into a formal sector job. that actually pays them anything between 20 to 40000 rupees on a monthly basis that does this. so there are all of these stages that it's not happening in a single generation mm. right mm. and uh what mad does one of the things that mad does is that we identify somebody who is we provide transition or progression mentoring which is we find a mentor who's gone through that journey phenomenally well okay and we ensure that they are connected to the child on a one on one basis and mm. spending deep time with the child helping them 
ट्रांसिशन फ्रॉम फिफ्थ टू एथ एथ टू टेंथ टेंथ टू ट्वेल्थ ट्वेल्थ टू कॉलेज कॉलेज टू द फॉर्मल सेक्टर जॉब हाउ टू प्रोग्रेस इन द फॉर्मल सेक्टर जॉब ऑल द वे टिल नाउ वी आर डेवलपिंग प्रोग्राम्स ऑल द वे टिल फर्स्ट टाइम होम ओनरशिप सो दैट्स वन पार्ट ऑफ इट सो लाइक सो यू डोंट नीड टू वेट फॉर सेवन जनरेशन योर दिस थिंग इन अ सिंगल जनरेशन दैट कैन बट दैट्स नॉट अ लोन इनफ I you know I will be oversimplifying it if I say that it's just a mentoring program. There are two mm. more critical things that I need to talk about. The second part of it is that there another reason why the child doesn't go to college is because you know you can give all the mentorship in the world but college at the end costs around 40,000 rupees on a yearly basis at the and, bare minimum. At the bare minimum and uh, you know many times your parents have are illiterate you can, they, you cannot afford it. Mm. Right? But the good news is that the community like mad is able to figure out a way that we are able to raise the beneficiary cause cause that for these colleges from the people living in the community itself not Got may it. not be in the same community but from a different uh, area but in the 5 km radius so we are able to ensure that the financial support that the children need which is critical without with, unless you are providing the financial support this transition is not going to happen that's mm. point number 2 but there is a third important point why does it take seven generations because for every three generations that they're able to move forward some crisis happens and they take two steps back because there is there are so many different health crises there's so many different economic crises that keeps happening for this demography almost as often as six months to one a year so like a crisis that happens in our life probably once in a decade they experience a crisis like that probably every six months that's the kind of prevalence of crisis in that demography till because they are at risk that's why you're called at risk So what we do as an organization is that that's where the community building really comes in that when a child of ours experiences a crisis we will hold them there we won't let them slip back into any of those kind of components in fact recently we had an external impact evaluator evaluate talking to all our children who are outside the child care institution during the pandemic they asked the question you know like what is impact on pandemic on them and because they had a strong community with make a difference more than 70% of our youth said that their quality of life either remained the same or became better during the pandemic that's basically how you take a child and ensure that they are able to break the cycle of poverty oh, this is really fascinating i think uh, i mean the high prevalence of risk in that demography mm, yeah and the fact that crises are way too more episodical is a i think it's quite a it's not a very intuitive thought but mm. hearing you i think i can appreciate uh, it a lot more and i'm sure so will many of our listeners We're reaching the end of this session, so this is pretty much the last conversation point, uh, Jatin. I want to share a couplet from Galip, right? So, a uh, very simple one. The most of his poetry is quite tough, but this is a simple one. So it goes: Manzil milegi, bhatak kar hi sahi. Manzil milegi, bhatak kar hi sahi. Gumra to wo hain jo ghar se nikle hi nahi. Those who even haven't stepped out of their households they're more likely to get lost than the ones who are actually wandering about right so what's the best piece of advice that you have received in course of your journey in building mad and what's dear to you at that moment that you would like our listeners to know so two things and with that we'll close so there is this, uh, i think the quote is by leela watson i'm not 100% sure she was an aboriginal woman and this is a this is what she told the missionaries the christian missionaries mm-hmm. who came to you know these villages to convert and all those kind of stuff right like to civilize so, them to quote, civilize quote, them unquote. yes exactly <laughs> okay and it was so interesting that she said that if you have come here to save us hmm. you're wasting our time you're wasting your time if you've come here because your liberation is intertwined with ours let's work together and that had like a profound impact on me because 
I know, like I would be lying if I say that I am, I, you know, MAD goes into a child care institution to save the children, to make the life of children better. You know, like th that it would, it would not be true. Because the genuine truth is that like we are living in a violent world. We are mm. seeing so much pain around us and it affects us. It affects us in ways that we are not ready to understand fully. And our liberation from that pain that we experience is something that actually happens when we're able, actually able to do something about it. So a lot of the work that we do in MAD, like it is in some way a spiritual journey for each of us. And when I'm saying spiritual, it's not about religion, it's not about anything else, but it's it's, it's something which is a little bit, it's, it's just about like getting in touch with your ego and being able to work with that in ways by focusing on something larger than yourself. So, uh, you know, like there is not a single mad volunteer out there who will not tell you that they received more in the work that they have done than they have given almost to the point of feeling guilty about it. Uh, that's such a profound thought. I, in fact, I would request you to repeat that Leela Watson quote as a, as a way of capping that session. I think that's such a powerful one and I'm sure it will make our listeners reflect more on that thought. So please repeat that. If you have come here to save us, you're wasting your time. If you have come here because your liberation is intertwined with ours, let's work together. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Jitin. It was a genuine pleasure. No, no, no. Thank absolutely. You. Thank you.